Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. If you'd like to call into our program today, use our toll-free number 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd rather send an email, the address is leah at comebacktoyoursenses.com. Now, here's health and wellness specialist, Leah Brenda Smith. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Leah Brenda Smith, and thanks for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio on Voice America Variety and Project Freedom Radio Network. If you are looking for me on the internet, you can find me at LeahBrendaSmith.com, my personal website, and on Facebook at Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Now today the subject is about essential self-parenting skills. And the whole area is really a very, very broad area and a really important, impactful, actually, area of life and area of living. You know, so many people didn't receive the kind of parenting that is really encouraging of growing into emotionally mature and effective adults. That's just true. And, you know, if we didn't feel loved unconditionally and supported completely then we may suffer as adults. And there are a lot of people that are suffering and suffer every day as a result of not receiving the things that they needed in those early years or throughout their childhood. You know, people that didn't get their needs met as children, they can be demanding on the people around them, demanding for love and support, and, and sometimes love and support that that they're really, it's a desperate need because of that lack when they were younger. And they can come across as if they are really high maintenance and it can seem like no amount of reassurance can convince them that they are lovable. And, and it's challenging both ways. It's challenging on any type of relationship. It's challenging when people don't get what it is that they need in those early years. And so that's really what's prompting me to do this show really on self-parenting skills. And it's good to understand uh, in the beginning that um, regardless of your upbringing, it is the responsibility of every adult as they grow and as people mature. And you see that shift happen really in those adolescent years rather than thinking of the adolescent years as the, the last years or those early teenage years 
as the last years of childhood, they really are the beginning years of that more mature or adulthood. And um, it is a natural thing for human beings to take on that role then of becoming becoming their parents to themselves. So, you know, the truth really is that other adults in our lives are not there to be our parents. And we do need to look after ourselves. And even if we missed out on that vital parenting, it's still, it's everyone's individual responsibility to find ways to self-parent and fill in the gaps that may be missing. Now, there's lots of people that move out of their parents' home with, I have to say, alarmingly weak life skills. And when that happens, it's because, sometimes it's because they had to scramble around just to get their basic daily needs met, and no one was there as a mentor to guide them or to help them to develop solid life skills. And in other situations, it's really because everything was done for them, so there was never any opportunity for them to create that kind of autonomy and really develop those life skills. But if, just imagine for a moment if you could have an ideal mother and or ideal father and, and just think about some of the words that you would use to describe them. You know, they might be words like um, strong and supportive or loving and kind, maybe fun or a good listener or available. These may be some of the words that come to mind for you. Now think of words that you would most like to hear from each of your parent. Let's say when you're going through a challenging time. It could be things like, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. Or to hear a parent say, I'm here for you. You know, being a good parent to yourself is about taking responsibility for your own inner child. Being the parent that she or he wants. And to be able to give the inner child what she or he needs. So as an example, if your inner child is worried or scared or hurt or alone, then you can be there for that inner aspect of yourself, that younger aspect of yourself, and speak soothing words that are encouraging, nurturing, and, and in a calm way. And you imagine your inner parent looking at your inner child and saying the things that you need to hear. You know, your, your inner child is really a precious part of your personality that lives within you and feels like a little girl or a little boy. And, you know, um, uh, if you yourself aren't really acutely aware of those feelings, the people around you that love you and care about you can certainly comment to you of times when they see that look on your face or, or just your body posture, the way you approach something, that they may be very versed and very aware of your your inner young person. You know, that inner child feels those deep emotions and desires security and trust and nurturing and affection. And he or she's also that silly and fun part of you. You know, the playful, energetic, and creative part of yourself. 
Well, that inner child is also the part that carries the emotional pain that you experienced when you were a child. And this can show itself in feelings of insecurity or fear, guilt, anger and shame and loneliness. And these feelings really represent how we reacted to our life experiences when we were too young really to question things. So really in present adult time in your daily life, you know, whenever you're triggered by situations in the present and you overreact emotionally, what's happened is that you've just activated that inner child and you're reacting because of the old painful emotions that may still be held within you. You know, reacting to old thoughts and scenarios in your mind that may reinforce those negative beliefs that you mm, learned to develop. Beliefs about yourself that are negative. You know, old tapes that they're usually like in the voice of parents or other significant people from your childhood. Could be a teacher, could be extended family members. And then it seems as if we're once again feeling that way that we felt back then. It might be hurt or abandoned, helpless or hopeless or ashamed or sad. Now, I'm sure that everyone has seen that kind of behavior in others, yet we may not understand, maybe we didn't understand what we were actually looking at. You know, we've seen adults act out, have temper tantrums or act foolish and erratic. And we may have wondered why that person is acting in such an immature way. You may even have visited the home of friends or relatives, and it seems that the roles in the home are reversed. You know, you may have a hard time determining, well, who are the children and who are the adults? Because the adults may actually be acting like children. And the children, in attempt really to survive that type of dysfunction in the home, they may take on the role of an adult and become parents for their siblings and one or even both of their parents. And unfortunately, things like that are, are, are really actually more common than, than I'd like to admit, actually. You know, there's many ways that your inner child reacts to old, painful emotions. And really, just to make another comment about those situations in those homes where it's difficult to tell who are the parents and who are the adults, really what we're seeing there is that generation shifting another generation. So it could be that in those situations, the parents didn't get what they needed when they were children and so now their children are parenting them and I mean long before the age where you know um, it's natural for us to uh, take care of our, our elder parents but children are doing that all the time as as really young people you know and and these emotional reactions the the painful emotions that your inner child experiences as adults, you know, we may react to those by doing things like over drinking or using drugs or gambling, shopping, being overtly sexual, overeating or not washing or, 
there's people too that would just turn inward and become depressed or turn outward and attack others with anger or rage or even experience panic attacks. And in that moment of acting out, it's really the wounded little girl or little boy that's reacting and running, running the show, if you like, at that moment. And it can feel like your whole, your whole being is feeling that way, but in actuality, it's really only a, a very small part of you and, and a very young part of you. And these are some of the things that happen when we don't take that position of focusing on um, self-parenting skills. You know, when, when you notice that your inner child has taken over, that's a good time to, to take some time and ask yourself. It can be really simple, like how old are you feeling right now? Ask yourself, what does the situation remind you of? You may even be able to recall a time when you felt exactly the same way that you had in that moment when you were acting out. It could be that you were experienced feelings of being unloved or left out or blamed or even disapproved of or not appreciated. It's good to know that it doesn't really matter if you can't recall the details. Just, just remind yourself and reassure yourself that you are reacting like a child because of something that happened to you a long time ago. It's important to validate whatever your inner child is feeling. You know, be that nurturing parent and, and love and comfort your inner child. And it can reassure him or her and let them know that they are safe and that you're going to take care of them. Just tell that young self that you are an adult and together you can handle whatever's going on. You know, let that younger self know this isn't about dad yelling at you or being belittled by your mother or being reprimanded, that you're okay. And then as you talk to yourself in this way, And just say whatever you know will reassure that wounded inner child. And then you can have that sense of, you know, coming back to your senses and regaining your adult self. And then it would be good to just pay attention to how different you feel then when the adult you is back in control. You know, we want to treat the inner child with compassion and love, yet it's important to be clear and firm at the same time because you don't want to let your inner child run your life. Because if you do that, then you're going to find that you'll have all kinds of other issues pop up, like especially in your relationships, you know, with partners and bosses and family members and friends. You know, obviously, what we're talking about here today has... Um, that everybody's in a different place with this because for some people self-parenting is just a natural, as natural as breathing and not something they ever really give, a, give any thought to or have any need to give a thought to. It's just a natural instinct that um, grew along with them as they um, made that switch from childhood into the young adolescent and young adulthood and then into, into maturing as an adult. 
And then there are people on a, on an, another end, if you like, of the continuum or the spectrum that uh, is more intense, that maybe um, were neglected or abused and really have a difficult time every day and are struggling every day to just be able to remain present and, and be a mature adult in their lives because of the uh, lack of care and nurturing from when they were younger. So the task in that end of the spectrum of self-parenting is um, uh, can be much more challenging and, and it can be something that a person really needs to focus on and really take care of in a very different way than someone that had their emotional dependency needs met when they were growing up. And then I think every, every one of us uh, is on that spectrum somewhere. And I've certainly gone through my challenges of, of um, having to find ways to self-parent, just like everyone does. And, and sometimes it's been more challenging than others, that's for sure. And I think that, that those experiences that we have when we're young, the traumas that we experience are things that, that tend to need tending to, you know, throughout our lifetime. And we can go through cycles of being perfectly feeling perfectly well and fine and balanced and and in harmony and moving along nicely and then other times all of a sudden out of the blue we may feel uh, the effects of something again or may react to something and uh, and may take some time for us to find our balance again so really if you're on the extreme end of the spectrum you know I would really encourage you to find um, find people that can help you go through that inner child work, uh, help you to develop self-parenting skills, and help you even to go through whatever it is you need for your healing to, to find your way to feel, to feel safe and secure and to be able to blossom into the person that you are. So I just want to acknowledge that we're really dealing always with a wide range of experiences um, uh, when it comes to some of the topics that we're dealing with. And um, Dr. John Pollard encourages us, you know, to, to become your inner child's loving inner parent. And, you know, the daily practice of really self-parenting in a conscious way can replace the negative outer parenting patterns that you might have experienced when you were a child. And even though you unconsciously internalize these patterns, you can learn to recognize them and then reverse those old patterns as a conscious adult, or if you like, pick new, choose, consciously choose new, healthier, healthier ways of, of caring for yourself. So if you think of the idea of self-parenting is that a person's mind is creating a conversation between two voices that are generated by two parts of the brain. So one is the inner parent, which you could see is represented by the left brain. And the other voice is the inner child, and you could see that represented by the right brain. So the quality really in the, the tone of the inner conversations between the voices of the left brain and the right brain, or if you like the inner parent and the inner child, that is described as self-parenting, that process that we go through inside. 
So the inner parent is parenting the child within the privacy of, you know, the inner conversations. And this just happens. As I said, lots of times people aren't even aware of it. It's just a natural process that occurs. But if you become aware of a need really for self-parenting and that you do need to be aware of it, then, you know, you might wonder how to begin the positive self-parenting if you didn't have any good role models to follow. The good news is is that positive self-parenting skills, they can be learned by anybody. It just really requires a willingness to love and support and nurture that inner child. And you may notice sometimes that within those inner conversations, your thoughts and feelings sometimes pull you in completely opposite directions. I um, certainly uh, uh, go through that from time to time. And you might have that experience of uh, indecision and inner conflict, which can really stop you. It can stop you mentally and stop you emotionally. And people may find that this seems to be especially true with, uh, when the inner conflicts are about relationships with other people. So really, in order to have a conversation inside your mind, it must be occurring between two points of view. So when you are young, you're programmed to model and mimic your parents as part of growing up. And then, as a result, we unconsciously absorb our parents' ideas and viewpoints and mannerisms. And sometimes these attitudes then and opinions become the voice of one side of the inner conversation, right? The inner parent. And then as children, we also had our own egos and our own outlooks on life. And we formed opinions and reactions to our parents and to the world around us in that inner dialogue. And we made decisions about the way things were in the world. And today, that voice still reacts within each of us the same way that it did when we were young. And that voice is the inner child. So you have that inner parent and the inner child. And the inner conversation really is the dialogue between those two distinct separate voices. The inner parent may offer the mental opinions and intellectual advice and rational reasoning approach. And the inner child may offer the emotional feelings or have irrational reactions and the, the personal responses. Generally, for the most part, unless you become aware of it and make the changes, people would really self-parent their inner child with the same style of parenting that they received as children. So, in essence, you could see that the inner parent unconsciously is parenting yourself as as the inner child, and this occurs within that inner conversation. So you might not be aware of it, but it's what we're all doing all of the time. And your outer parenting as a child, if that was ideal, then your self-parenting will be very positive. And if your outer parenting was negative or less than ideal, then you can consciously choose to change it change your self-parenting style so you can improve the way that you think and you feel. 
you know, we've all heard from time to time people say or even have said ourselves, I sound just like my mother, or I sound just like my father. And, and those, are, uh, those are the statements that indicate that we have that entrainment, if you like, of the, the self-parenting, the parenting, the inner parent that comes from how it was that you were parented. You know, your life is really a s- series of decisions that reflect the way that your inner parent and inner child interact within your environment. So really, if you were uh, raised in an environment that was dysfunctional, then that becomes part of your unconscious thoughts and feelings. And then without really realizing it, you could be just perpetuating the problem. You know, we're mimicking our parents' negative self-parenting. But then if you become more aware of your parenting style, then you can start to make conscious choices rather than acting out these past patterns. And that's why it's great to talk about this and bring it to the forefront so we can be clear about it and start to notice these types of things. Start to notice how you are parenting yourself. Because sometimes the inner parent and the inner child are coexisting in harmony, and other times they disagree. You know, and the kinds of conflict or the confrontations, that inner conflict, they can take the same form as what happens with the outer parent and the outer child when they have disagreements. It can look the same way, except this is the conversation going on within. So inner conflicts result from a conflict of needs between the inner parent and the inner child within that inner conversation. And sometimes the inner child and the inner parent, what the conflict really happens because they have different desires. So let me give you a couple of examples that illustrates it. So the inner child wants chocolate ice cream because it tastes good. But the inner parent wants to eat vanilla yogurt yogurt because it's healthier. So there's a conflict. Or your inner child wants to sleep in because you're tired. But your inner parent says you must go to work so you won't get fired. You know, sometimes these conflicts can be overwhelming. You know, they occur inside your mind. And they can disrupt your ability to think clearly. You know, inner conflict can make you feel indecisive. And I know, as sure as we're breathing, we are that way from time to time. That's when we're having that conflict inside between between the inner parent and the inner child. And, you know, there are times when this kind of conflict can be more extreme. And you can maybe feel physically or mentally stuck for a while. And it can impair really your ability to function or, or really your ability to enjoy your life. I wonder if you've ever thought, really, have you ever thought about how you would treat yourself if you were someone that you loved? You know, it's really, it's instinct to take good care of someone that you love. It's also instinct, really, to take care of yourself. 
but sometimes we're trained really to where uh, we unlearn our loving instincts when it comes to ourselves. Sometimes we're stingy with ourselves and our focus is just on caring for others. And sometimes people just aren't aware of how they treat themselves. You know, they may spend their lives angry about the kind of care they received as a child, yet they really end up offering themselves that very same kind of care. But no matter what your circumstances are, what your circumstances were when you were growing up, no, we really need to take ownership of your own, of your own caretaking. And you can choose the kind of relationship that you're going to have with yourself. I'm just going to go through a few different types of parenting styles, you know, that may be ones that you want to ask yourself, you know, what kind of a parent are you? And you can see some of these patterns of, of uh, uh, self-parenting that are copying, if you like, or mimicking what may have happened when you were a child, yet may not be the healthiest thing or may not be what you would choose. So uh, I'm going to just go through a few of these. So you want to ask yourself, are you a what-did-you-do-to-cause-the-problem type of self-parent? You know, this type of uh, inner parent's always there to inform you why you are to blame for whatever bad thing happened and whatever pain you feel. So if you fall down and skin your knee, it's because you were running too fast. Or are you this kind of self-parent that uh, what are you going to do about it kind of self-parent? And this inner parent doesn't comfort you, but instead tells you what you need to do to fix the problem that you caused. So if you're feeling sluggish, then you have to get yourself off the couch and get moving. Are you the kind of self-parent where um, there's something wrong with the way that you feel? So as an example, you're hurt because you're too sensitive. You're upset because you're too dramatic. And this kind of caretaking reminds you that your feelings are not what they should be and that ultimately your response and you are really the problem. Just a couple more of those examples of what kind of parent or self-parent are you. Are you the there's no reason to feel the way you do type of self-parent? And this kind of inner parents quick to tell you why your feelings make no sense in the world of logic. So if you have an important recital as an example and you're anxious about it, then that parent would, self-parenting would suggest that your anxiety isn't relevant because everybody in the audience loves you already. And then that really would just invalidate your experience. Or are you this kind of self-parent, the one that I'm not interested? And this inner parent's just not interested in your feelings regardless of what they are and would ignore your inner experience altogether. And that kind of message is that you're not important enough to acknowledge, much less to comfort. You just may want to recognize if you... you, um, Just notice if you recognize yourself in any of these types of self-parenting approaches. 
and then if you've identified something that that I mentioned on the list, or maybe you have identified what your approach is, even if it wasn't one of those, then you might want to ask yourself, really, what would it mean if you would start to treat yourself as if you were someone that you loved? And ask yourself, what would you need to change? You know, it might seem strange to think that we need instructions for how to properly take care of ourselves, but the truth is some of us really do. It's not always obvious. So I bring up these different approaches because really to create a new way, it's good to recognize what it is that you already use so that you can be aware of the approach that is not so positive and nurturing and um, can make new choices. You know, you want to be aware of what do you say to yourself on the inside when you're in need of support or you're feeling hurt or you're not being effective. You know, listen to the words and the tone that you use with yourself. And then imagine uttering these same words or using that same tone with someone that you love. So you want to consciously and actively practice, you know, good self-parenting and decide to be that good parent who's automatically on your side. You know, not without you having to defend yourself or prove why you deserve their support. Now be that friend who assumes that the way you experienced it was actually the way that it happened. And the person who takes your own goodness as a given and doesn't question that. Or you might think of it as like the big brother you know, that if you get bullied on the playground, he will respond to you by, by saying, why did that bully do, what did that bully do to make you feel like that? Because self-parenting is, is about being all of those types of things for yourself. And really, whatever it is that you need, it's the greatest way and greatest opportunity for you to fill in those gaps from whatever it was that was missing. You know, what did you miss out on in terms of your own nurturing? Or what do you sometimes think or feel or even have a sense of, oh, if only I could have gotten that, or if only I could receive that, or if I could only feel that in terms of parenting? Which you can. You can give it to yourself. You know, and a gal, Nancy Collier, who does work with people on self-parenting, she encourages us to realize that while you're building your self-parenting skills, that the word no is a good, it will probably take more um, of a strong presence in your inner world. You know, as you're becoming more mindful of that inner critic and the way that you speak to yourself about yourself. So here's just some ideas to get you started for yourself. And there are examples to so hopefully prompt the examples that you need for yourself. Because we're all different. We, we need different uh, self-talk. Because we have different uh, self-talk in our inner critics. So um, ideas like, no, I will not automatically take the other person's side. 
or I will not assume the worst about me or hold myself as responsible and to blame for the way that I feel when something's gone wrong. Or, no, I will not discredit my own feelings. No, I will not talk to myself as if I don't matter. And no, I will not shame myself for what I'm feeling. No, I will not reject or ignore myself when I'm upset. No, I will not put myself last. No, I will not terrorize myself with worries about potential disasters. No, I will not be mean to or bully myself. And no, I will not accept being treated this way by me. So hopefully that gives you some ideas of things that you can start to be aware of, areas, ways that you may need to say no to some of your own behaviors or your own self-talk or what it is that you're doing in your internal dialogue between your inner parent and your, and your inner child. And then, of course, the word yes becomes equally important. And that idea of that, yes, I will treat myself with the same kindness that I offer to those that I love, no matter what. So self-parenting is about encouraging yourself, supporting yourself. giving yourself the opportunity to blossom and to thrive. So, you know, even if at first you don't know how to really start to implement the new behaviors, just you could pick a few of those phrases or the phrases that you need, the things that you notice, and just pay attention to to what it is that you need or how it is that you do self-parent so that you can catch yourself when you're mistreating yourself, and then you can stop doing that and shift your focus and bring in the new energy that you're looking for, an energy that's encouraging and supportive. And that will help you to create a new kinder system, if you like, a new way. And you're giving clear messages then to yourself that you know that you deserve to be treated better, that you deserve better care. And then the more you practice healthy self-parenting skills, then the more comfortable the vulnerable parts of yourself will become. And then that inner child can grow and feel more entitled to thrive. Now through self-parenting, you're assuring yourself that you are equally deserving of your own kindness. Because after all, you're the person in life that you spend the most time with. You know, you're always in your own company no matter where you are. And no matter who's around, you're always in your own company. And for sure you want to keep company with someone who loves you as opposed to someone who does not. So as you practice this 
um, positive self-parenting, then you'll start to notice that you feel more relaxed. And you'll feel more loved and more trusting, which leads to a happier person and a more alive person, a happier you. You can think of that, that, um, you know, uh, positive self-parenting is like watering a seed. And think of yourself as the seed, and then with the proper care and attention, then then that's when you can grow and really thrive and, and grow into a really authentic self. Now, I did a bit of coaching um, with um, a fellow, Hugh Del Conzo, from the Holistic Learning Center, and he's got a great self-parenting section in his coaching program. And he says that self-parenting is a process of fulfilling your emotional dependency needs. You know, the primary objectives of really implementing self-parenting skills is to help you fulfill your emotional dependency needs that were not met during your childhood. And these needs are that need for intimacy and nurturing, the need for unconditional love and boundary protection in order for you to feel safe and secure in the world. So by consciously fulfilling your emotional dependency needs, that will allow you to function in the world as emotionally mature and as highly a highly functioning adult. And I know this concept can seem a little abstract, but the self-parenting skills, they're easy to understand, and you can participate in emotional self-nurturing activities that you can apply to your daily life. You know, you have that inner dialogue going on all the time, and you're the one that can monitor that. Self-parenting can be a fast and effective way for you to become aware of and heal uh, repressed feelings and help you to replace your automatic reactions with the healthier feelings. You know, fulfilling your emotional dependency needs, it's, it's a self-parenting, it's a process really that will help you to, um, to be more emotionally intimate with yourself and others, to unconditionally love and accept yourself and others to nurture yourself and others, and then to maturely protect your boundaries so that you can feel safe and feel secure in the world. So when your inner child, you think of your inner child as like your childhood memories and programs that are emotionally anchored to a time when you, you only had the power or the knowledge or the physical strength of a small child. Through your help, your inner child can learn to trust the adult you because you have adult powers now that he or she didn't have. So you're able to make your inner child feel safe and secure by practicing self-parenting skills until you feel safe and secure. Because when you do feel that emotional safety, then you'll be more willing to reconnect with those repressed feelings. You know, the memories and the emotions that are maybe still hidden behind your defenses. Defenses that you needed when you were a child. You needed those defenses to feel safe. 
But as you self-parent, and now that you're an adult that's learning to self-parent, then you don't need the defenses. So let's go through those um, skills, that emotional intimacy, which is part of self-parenting, and it's the ability to be emotional intimate with yourself and with others, which means really to be comfortable giving and receiving emotional intimacy from yourself and from others. And intimacy really begins with self-knowledge. So the more comfortable you are with yourself, then the more comfortable you can be with others. And the more comfortable you are with others, then the easier it'll be for you to create spiritual connections and relationships with other people. So intimacy really means that you're not afraid to look deep within to really examine yourself. Even when you know that you displayed less than perfect behavior, intimacy allows you to feel emotionally close with yourself and others without that fear of being harmed or fear of being rejected. So the next uh, self-parenting skill is self-nurturing. And then self-nurturing is really that ability to take, to care for yourself in a way that helps you to feel safe and secure in the world. Now, we all need that. We all need to be nurtured and to provide nurturing to others. (laughs) No one really was blessed with parents who met all of their emotional dependency needs. And certainly not all of the time. But in order to live as emotionally mature, effective adults, then it's your responsibility to learn how to nurture yourself. And it's really good news to know that nurturing is a natural state of your soul in relation to your inner higher self. So when you feel in harmony with your higher self, and you're aware of your life force energy, that's when you automatically behave in ways that are nurturing and when you feel that self-nurturing. And we all have experiences of that, so we want to pay more attention to that so that we can really bring that forward as a self-parenting skill. And then unconditional love and acceptance. You know, practicing good self-parenting will give you the ability to love yourself and others unconditionally, and to accept yourself and others. You know, when we when we judge when we judge when we think of ourselves as just an ego and a mind then we find fault and we judge but when you approach life knowing that you are part of creation then you're more able to see things you're more able to see that you're a perfect part that you're part of that creation and that we all have a deep need to give and receive love and acceptance unconditionally. So, really, unconditional love doesn't mean that you're condoning or excusing or rationalizing your behavior or anyone else's behavior. It really means that that you accept and you love yourself and others, regardless of the times when we have less than perfect behavior. It doesn't mean that you minimize the harmful things that were done to you or that you might have done to other people. But it means that you understand and you validate that really in an evolving world, 
You know, whatever happens in life happens for the evolution of your soul. I like this Gandhi says he encourages us to hate the sin but love the sinner. And then another self-parenting skill is about creating mature boundary protection. You know, self-parenting requires that you learn how to maturely protect your boundaries. So if you never learn how to maturely protect your boundaries, then you'll be forced to use childlike ego defenses all your all of your life. So the most important aspect of developing healthy boundaries is about mastering how you communicate your feelings. You know, as an example, the feeling of anger is the energy that you use to protect your boundaries so that you'll feel safe in the world. But if you block your feelings of anger, then you'll usually blame others or yourself. And then in doing that, then you are really affirming that you have a lack of power. I like this. Hugh uh, Delconzo says that anyone can have an adult temper tantrum. That's easy to do. But to be angry with the right person to the right degree for the right purpose in the right way so that you can maturely protect your boundaries. He says that's not as easy. Not so easy. You know, um, Aristotle, there's a, uh, some thoughts paraphrased from him about really a boundary is a limit that promotes integrity. And healthy boundaries come from your awareness of the division between yourself and people that you share your life with. You know, boundaries are vital limits that protect you and make you feel safe. And they're often looked at as physical and emotional. So physical boundaries are generally based on that three-foot comfort zone that surrounds people. And that's your physical boundary of safety that you and others need in order to feel safe. And emotional boundaries, they separate you from others emotionally and psychologically. So your ego mind creates a sense of personal space and separation from others in order to help you feel physically safe and really prevent that emotional enmeshment with others. So when someone violates your physical or emotional boundaries without your permission, you feel uncomfortable and sometimes even threatened. But a person that's practicing self-parenting skills is someone who honors the need for physical and emotional boundaries between themselves and others. And when someone trespasses your boundaries by their thoughts or their, their thoughtlessness or their invasion or maybe they have pushy actions, then these actions are often referred to as boundary violations. And generally speaking, boundary violations can be expressed in two ways. Either violations of intrusion or violations of emotional distance. So if it's from intrusion, it happens when a person is verbally, emotionally, sexually, or physically abused or enmeshed. And violations of emotional distance happen when the level of emotional intimacy doesn't match what's appropriate for the relationship. An example of this can be, that can be really harmful, especially with children. 
Because a child has a right to expect closeness and emotional intimacy from his or her caretakers. And when closeness and emotional intimacy is non-existent or removed or cut off, then it hurts and it can be emotionally harmful. So as an example, if parents or caregivers only talk to children to give them orders or to reprimand them for something, then that approach is a violation of emotional distance. You know, children and adults, you know, we all need hugs and affection and emotional intimacy from our parents in order to feel safe and secure. So violations of emotional distance, they can be more difficult to validate because these wounds were caused by a form of neglect and the pain came from a lack of regard. Not what was done to you, but what wasn't done, if you like. And then the fifth... um, uh, self-parenting skill is that about validating your feelings, right? giving value to your feelings, and it's so essential to self-parenting. It can help your ego to let go of resistance and denial and stop repressing your hurt feelings. So if you have good self-parenting skills, then you're able to process your emotions, and take the necessary actions to validate what you're feeling until you feel better. Now, it's good to remember that feelings aren't right or wrong, feelings aren't good or bad, but they are at times uncomfortable, and other times they're comfortable. But either way, feelings are very real and need to be validated so that you can be emotionally mature and effective adult. So by learning really how to validate your feelings, then you're accepting that your feelings are a normal, natural, and necessary way for you to function as a a mature, self-parented adult. When you validate your feelings, it proves that you understand that whatever your feelings are is simply an intuitive message from your heart, if you like, or from your spirit. You know, you're granting yourself that benefit of the doubt, as if you were your own best friend. Understanding that anyone would have felt the same way under the circumstances. So self-parenting really helps you to feel safe and secure. And feeling safe will help you to own your uncomfortable feelings so you can experience them and release them. And when you truly understand that all your feelings are completely valid, then you won't block them. And that will help you to feel more loved and more nurtured. I'm going to just end here with a, a little excerpt from an unknown author that says, As a child, I needed a parent's love, nurturing, and emotional maturity to fulfill my emotional dependency needs. As an adult, I still need to get my emotional dependency needs met. But now I must get my needs met from within. I am a child who has gone from needing a parent's love to needing God's love, from wanting toys to wanting inner peace and emotional maturity. I love that. So remember those skills, self-parenting skills, emotional intimacy, self-nurturing, unconditional love and acceptance, mature boundary protection, and validating your feelings. I thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio.
I am your ever grateful host, Leah Brenda Smith, and it has been a pleasure to share with you some essential self-parenting skills. And until next time, I encourage you to relax and enjoy your life. We hope you've enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.